three, two, one, and we're live. What's going on, bro? Hey, man. How are you? How you doing? Good, good. How's everything good? going? Yeah. I like this uh, shirt. I just noticed it. Oh, thank you, thank you. The shirt, guys. <laughs> the, um, it like matches well with the uh, red solo cup. Definitely, I like to match. I mean, if you saw my sneakers, oh yeah, they're red too. You know, you know what's crazy? <laughs> what do you think that we get out of that? Because you know how growing up, like you grew up brown in Jersey, right? <laughs> like the matching of kicks and shirts, right? That was like a whole thing for a generation. And then when do you realize, like, hey, I'm too old for this? Because now when we talk to Ray, right? right? Ray's like, I have all these sneakers, but all I do is wear loafers or like business professional shoes. Exactly. I I, I just sometimes. When you least expect it, we end up matching, like, because we buy a sneaker for a certain outfit sometimes, just for one yeah. outfit. But then we're like, wait, this is so comfortable. Let me just wear it with something else. And sometimes it gets to a point where, I mean, hey, I'm 31 now. Yeah. I get to a point where, do I really care about matching or do I care about comfort? Shit, you're 31. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, bro. I did not know that. So I've probably known you for a bit. Let's start there. So yeah. I first started seeing you... I think the first time I saw you was when my dad was launching the time television thing, right? Yeah. You were around then, and then I just had heard, like, I've obviously, like, seen you at weddings probably before yeah. and after. Right. Um, but at the time, you were in the political space. Right. So, what, what were you doing specifically back then? Well, it started in college. Um, I went to Seton Hall University in uh-huh. New Jersey. Um, I was a poli-sci major. With a criminal justice, so double okay. major in both. Um, I got into politics. I always had a passion for it, um, was very interested. Um, and I just wanted to make a change, make a difference. I, that's what I felt like that's the way to go, the route I should take. Yeah. And I found the classes to be interesting. You know, we, a lot of us go to college as undecided. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, shoot, where do we want to lean towards? Where do we go towards? You know, and it's not the typical, hey, like, pushing towards being a doctor or engineer like yeah. brown people usually so I got into that and then I did some internships and that's what I like would tell everyone or advise is internships are very important internships make you realize what you want to do sometimes and whether you enjoy it or not so for me I interned I had there was a program in Washington DC and I mean right before we started we talked about it mm-hmm. I'm actually visiting DC this weekend I love it there it's one of my favorite cities and it was the best time of my life. And what I learned there is a lot more than I ever did in my life. So what is a political internship? Because I think for business internships, I think everyone kind of knows what it is, right? You're mirroring the function of that role, right? right? But what is a political internship? Because it's not like you can be a congressman in terms of like as a job. Right. It's, It's actually working in the community. As an intern, I went to a lot of different community events. I met a lot of different, uh, Heritages. I learned a lot of cultures. I went to churches, mosques. I mean, I'm Muslim, so I do go to mosques. But like going to mandirs, like temples, or like, you know, a synagogue, or different. I learned a lot. I learned all kinds of people. We went to different parades, like in, um, so I interned for the congressman, Bill Pascrell, in our district in uh, North Jersey, District 9. And, uh, there was different parades we went to, yeah, which yeah. I never went to before. And I learned a lot and I picked up a lot and I networked. Networking is number one. In, and a lot of people in our community, I don't know if they feel shy or they're scared to. And I networked a lot with these internships. And in political, like you just, you see so many kinds of people and rich, poor, middle class, all kinds. And 
we as interns help constituents. Constituents are citizens who have a problem, who have a complaint with a pothole or have a electricity problem. When you say help, like, what do you mean? Like, um, like what is that process? Like, is it just like going out, shaking hands, kissing babies, or like, is there like an actual process to like what your role was? Right. So a constituent would call in, send an email or even show up to the congressman's office and be like, Hey, um, I need just, I need safety. I let me just help. Right, right. Real quick, let me right. ask something because mm-hmm. I really want to know about right. this. Because right now in like our current political climate, I think a lot of people are feeling hopelessness within our political system. So if I call my uh, representative, right, right, does that actually go somewhere? Like if I call in right now, right. right? Like if I say, hey, like I have this issue with this thing, does somebody actually like view it? Yes. And that's where it gets escalated to a point where we, as the interns, like where where we started with this topic, we like to bring that up, escalate it to see how important it is, the severity of the issue. And we base it off of that. Of course, there could be some issues that are much more important that need action right away Mm -hmm. rather than someone that's something small like, hey, I have a leak in my basement rather than, hey, someone needs protection from their... If family or their husband or something like that. So we've, I've seen requests from top there to down, like all yeah. kinds. But yes, it does go to the congressman's uh, desk or the senator or the governor. It does go there, but to an extent where it's, you know, I feel like that's where the problem is for a lot of people where they're not getting their answers that they want. Yeah. But the thing is, sometimes there's bigger fish to fry. There's other things that they have to face before that. You know, in any, even if you, you know, you work in business or whichever environment you work in, that's always, you have to see, you have to rank, like, you know, what's priority? Priority one, priority two, three. So, so what happens to that lower? I think that's where people are wondering, right? Like, do you just throw it in the trash? Like, look, what happens? (laughs) Is there a follow-up mechanism? Right? Because as somebody who's part of the body, right? General body, right? I have no political affiliation, nothing. So if I send something, I would want my request, no matter how minimal, mm-hmm. to be followed up with. Is there like an instrument or something that that actually happens or what happens with those lower level ones? Right. So for that, you know, we usually follow up when I, I mean, this is, I'm talking about five, six years back when I was yep. there, we would follow up and that's where the interns come in very handy because they would follow up, keep track of all these complaints and, you know, all these you know, issues that are coming in daily. There's there's more than people think. And, but as the congressman, you know, he's working in DC, he comes back, he's doing events here, but you know, there's a staff here, we're trying to build, you know, in that office, we took care of immigration policy, help people fill out applications, simple as just them not understanding English, filling, yeah. helping them fill that out, you know. Um, and, you know, different things, different events we have to do. But it is answered. It is, it is you know. It is followed up. It is followed okay. up. So maybe sometimes there's a second time, you know, coming yeah. there. But like I said, it's the severity of the issue. Yeah. And ranking them priority-wise. So so if I, like, just so, like, yeah. people who are listening understand this, right? So if I have, like, a local level issue, right? Right. Who should I be reaching out to? Because I think that's a big question that people don't really fully understand. Is it my mayor? Is it my councilman? Is it my Senate representative? Like, who should I be reaching out to? Honestly, all of the above. You can reach out to all of the above, but if it's something like, hey, in front of your house, a fire hydrant went off, you know, that's something maybe you would go to the mayor, right? Maybe say it's something big, something more bigger, something with immigration, someone in your family has an immigration issue. That's something you go to 
the congressman for or the congresswoman, depending because that's something that can get escalated faster because they're working on the hill. They have they have more volume. They have more, I guess, doors open where they could reach out to the federal government, reach out to the, you know, immigration, immigration law yeah. people, because that's what people do when they when someone from the Congress office reaches out to the immigration office, things move much quicker, much quicker yep. rather than the local, which is a mayor or councilman. Do know? people actually reach out for that type of stuff? Yes. For like immigration things? Because yes. I know that's like huge in our community, right? Right, well, like, right now, yeah. as, you, as you know, immigration has stopped. Yep. Everything that's going on, pandemic, um, mm-hmm. everything that's, go- you know, people that have applied for their spouses or brothers and sisters, everything's on hold. So there's people that go and would be like, please, can you send a letter on the congressman's behalf? Yep. So someone from the office would send it. And I've done that for a few, just friends, mm-hmm. um, family members, and you get a faster response. Okay. So I would suggest to anyone listening to this or anyone that could forward this to their family and friends, reach out. Because that's what they're there for. Yeah. Politicians are not just there to be on, you know, a billboard or on an advertisement. Yeah. They're there to help, but people need to reach out as well and feel comfortable enough where they they shouldn't think they're going to be ignored because those are the people we're voting in. I think I think when we, like, just my perspective on right. that and why maybe people don't, right, is because it feels so far removed from yourself, right? Like, right. oh, this is a senator, right? Like, I thought about, like, I don't know, like, who used to represent here, Bob Menendez, right? I should be like, oh, that shit, that's Bob Menendez, right? <laughs> but then you realize, like, oh, these people, like you're saying, right? Mm-hmm. These people are there for you, right? And although they might not feel like that, hundred percent of the time that is what their elected right. job is supposed to be right, right. Uh, you kind of mentioned something that I wanted to follow back up with sure. right you said a big part of it was like networking into these types of roles right because I think a lot of people don't know how to get into politics right and I've heard a lot of my friends say hey I want to be a political operative and then when you follow up and they're like all right why can't you and then they say I don't have the connections which is the big barrier to right. I guess, immigrant families period right not having connections or having to build those connections of by yourself right right um so you originally just applied or how did that kind of process work for you to be honest i just applied okay um and i interviewed and i got in um you know i'm not gonna say i'm lucky or blessed but my resume spoke for you know itself but you know before that i you know like i said i did a semester in dc and which was on capitol hill um, and then when I came back, I was an intern for the congressman mm-hmm. and then I worked for him during his campaigns. And basically, you know, after that, I mean, I referred some of my other cousins and friends and people I knew yeah. and they got in as well. Sometimes word of mouth works mm-hmm. like any job or any place, yeah. but sometimes it's simple as applying and just giving it a shot. And I feel like sometimes in our, in our community and not knocking on anyone, it's just trying Putting an application in. Yeah. You know? And, I, I think yeah. the sentiment in our community, like, again, I, when me and Ray did this, we were like, not to generalize, but yeah, to generalize. Yeah, same thing here. I think there's a lot of the too cool to do it mentality, right? Like, oh, I'm court Because, like, I, I understood what you meant when you yeah. said, hey, you need to go, like, talk to people at these, like, events and stuff, yeah. right? But I think a lot of the 
thought there is, hey, why am I going up to this person and trying to, like, I don't know them. Like, it's not going to work out. Yeah. Who am I? Why would he give me a business card? Exactly. Like, you know? Right? Um, I know, like, we're different in that sense, right? Like, my dad really encouraged me to do that early, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, it's different, but I understand why a lot of people don't do it. Yeah. Um, do you think that is, let me ask you this, Then this is what, something I wanted to talk about. You were involved in North Jersey politics for a bit, right? Right. Um, why do you think we don't, we haven't elected a real senator, right? That's Bengali in those communities that are predominantly Bengali, right? Like, right. I don't know what district that is uh-huh. over for Jackson Heights, <laughs> but that has to be a predominantly Bengali community, right? Right. Because we're important enough as a voting group right. where they come to our events. Right. Because I've seen like Hakeem Jeffries and like at these Bengali right. events, right? So clearly the voting block is important enough. Why haven't we been able to elect somebody? Even in Patterson, Clifton right. area, right? Right. Why do you think that is? Well, right now in Patterson, um, I don't know if you know, but there's a councilman um, that's Bangladeshi. Okay. Um, and has been since, I believe, 2014, Okay. Um, if I'm not mistaken. And, but the thing is, sometimes it comes down to rather than working as one or being in a community as a whole and backing that person up mm-hmm. sometimes within ourselves i'm not going to call it a civil war yeah. but like that's what it feels like and it's like it's not a competition end of the day if we if you're successful i'm successful too i feel like if we work together as a team as a whole why not we could be even stronger we could build ourselves now there's been bengalis in patterson since the 1930s that's what i'm saying yeah 1930s and mind you let me give a quick story in Patterson, there's an area where there's a Middle Easterns, um, South Patterson. Mm-hmm. There's over probably 10,000, like the whole side. It's like Oak Tree Road for Indians yeah. and Pakistanis. That's our, you know, so, yeah. like, you've probably been to that area. Mind you, there's a councilman there now. He's, you know, Palestinian. No one ran against him this time mm-hmm. because they have, they're like, if someone runs against him, who's it going to be? One of his cousins, one of his peers, one of his classmates. They want him to succeed. They want him to grow. Of course, when he, if he becomes mayor in the future, maybe somebody will come in. But I'm not saying it's like a dictatorship, but it's more like... Support. Support in your own community, in your own kind. For, they, these people are from the same state in Bangladesh. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And Well, I, that's tricky, right? Yeah. Because you don't also want to see people get in that don't... Des- Do you get what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. Because that guy who's running unopposed, right? Yeah. Like, we don't know any of his positions, right? He's never been challenged. Right. He could be... Peace of shit i don't know right but i feel like this bengali like the first time this uh german ran he won it wasn't against any bengalis okay he won but after that there's three other bengalis running against him <laughs> in the next election Who's his not- chair or just for council his chair see that before yeah and mind you i'm not calling out names or anything like that but i feel like okay they're like oh if this nephew could do it why can't why not? you yeah. nephew, oh dude he's nothing you Sorry. can do it too this is maybe my yeah. ignorance so for council positions right mm-hmm. it's not like by like a district or a zone because then maybe I would understand why they were going for his chair maybe he owns like the Bengali area chair it's, it's just in Patterson so in a, I don't know how North Brunswick is I know you guys are township but in Patterson there's like six different districts okay so there's like areas like I mentioned the Palestinian is like yep. Ward 6 where most of the Bengalis live is Ward 2. Yeah. Where most of our families yep. are and cousins and stuff. So that position I'm talking about. Why have three more people run against him? So the votes he got got split in between. Okay. And that. And then, you know, this time they had a tie. They had a tie. Yeah. And now, I mean, there's a, it's a lot more going on right now. Now it's, 
they had a tie, so they're doing it again in November, special election. Now they have a temporary uh, councilman who's a Bengali as well, who's uh, Gilman Chaudhary. He's like a teacher. Yeah. But he just took the position as just for now mm-hmm. until November. And he doesn't want to want to run because some people don't want to do politics. But he was just given the position for now. Yeah. So I'm just saying, like, I'm not like you said, you're right. Maybe there's someone he's not credible or he's not educated yeah. enough. But for in this example, this guy was educated. He went to college. He yeah. has the credentials. But the other other candidates never ran before. If they ran before, I would understand that they're Yeah, but it looks like they're just targeting right. his so, specific And that's show. where it goes back to like I said Bengalis have been here since the 30s, almost an almost a century. Yeah. We should be at, we should have at least a mayor, a few mayors. Yeah, maybe a few cent. So why is that? Like, let's like yeah. like outside of like okay, like maybe we're not supporting each other, right? But we also, I don't know. Like, I, like it's hard for me to just believe like that's it, right? Like, I get it. We're in very concentrated places, mm-hmm. right? Like when other Bengalis get around other Bengalis, that's just exactly where right. we live, right? Because right. we can speak of the areas mm-hmm. that just have a bunch of Bengalis, right? The seventy third on Jackson Heights, right? Patterson on what Union. is that Union, right? So we know where the Bengalis are, right? And that's for good reason, right? Like we. We're a communal group, but we, I feel like other immigrant groups have been able to do this in a more accomplished fashion, mm-hmm. right? Why haven't we been able to, right? Cause we should be like, here's the thing. We should have that seat, that Patterson seat. That should be locked up for ours forever. Right. Right. Cause that just my view on politics, it should be representative of the people that you're representing. Right. And that group is Bengali. Right. Right. And that Queens Jackson Heights seat, I don't know who's in it right now. Right. I know that for a fact they're not Bengali. That should be Bengali. Yeah. But why do you think that is? Like, what, what is that barrier that's stopping us? I feel like one of the reasons could be what, going back to one of our previous conversations is not why me? Like some people are just afraid to try. Yeah. To give it a chance. That's a that's a great reason. Like some people are like, why me? Like why would they choose me? Who am I? Like I'm a nobody. Mm-hmm. But if you don't try, you you miss hundred percent of the shots you don't yeah, take, yeah, yeah. right? I think Jordan said that yeah. or you know. So trying is one thing and it's always looking for the easy way out sometimes. Mm-hmm. With Bangladeshi people, I'm not gonna just say Bangladeshis, but maybe in all cultures. Yeah. But like, it's always sometimes I feel like the easy way out. Oh, I made it to this country. Let me just make an honest living, which is fine, which is good. You get your paycheck to paycheck. But how do we improve from that? How do we get better? And like you said, Jackson Heights should let have me ca- Let me counter yeah. this with an argument, yeah. right? I just thought about it and yeah. maybe this is what I'm coming to, right? Right. I also think it's the immigrant challenge. Because here's the thing. Politics is a public service, right? Right. It's not a money making machine. Right. Like you're not getting rich being a man, right? <laughs> but I think that's a bit I think that's a huge factor, right? Because if I'm a son or a daughter of an immigrant, right? Mm-hmm. My dad, mom busted ass so I could get through school, so I could be comfortable, right? Now if I just kind of give that up for politics, right? It's not just giving up, but like for me to retire my parents is a lot easier through business than maybe politics, right? And also, uh, this is something else I've like been seeing a lot more people mm-hmm. kind of point out. A lot of political internships are unpaid, right? So that's a huge barrier. Mine right? are unpaid. Yeah. yeah. Exactly, right? So I know like the college, the summers that I interned, I needed that paycheck, right? Like for whatever, right? right. Social reasons. But I needed that paycheck. So that was something that I, that drew me away from politics. So I actually started off as a political science major too. Right. 
um, super like wanted to do that, like the whole political operative thing. Right. And then when I realized, holy shit, I'm not going to see money in t- for years. Right. And I was like, all right, maybe I can do <laughs> different things. Right. Right. Um, so I think that's definitely a barrier. Uh, are you still involved in politics at all? Or like, have you kind of like stepped away? And you brought up the, a great point. What I was going to get into the same reason. And it's not because I'm money hungry. But it's a certain level of comfort. Uh, I I networked, I got my connections, and I kind of bounced. <laughs> yeah, like you know, because I saw the salaries, and with my experience, and you know, I'm still working in the government. You yeah. know, I work in cybersecurity now for the U.S. Army yep. Department of Defense. I love my job. I've been there almost five years now, and you know, I took my government experience. It did help with yeah. my resume and my yeah, references, yeah, yeah. obviously, um, and it opened doors. Um, and to be honest, I, I'm making double now. What is the I average? What, what is like that? Like if I'm out of college, right, right? And I'm lucky enough to get like a political job. Mm. Like what is like that salary? Like for like a staffer? Ooh, 30, 35,000. Really? Yes. On like what level are we talking about? That's staff. You're like staff assistant for the councilman. Look, look for a senator, councilman or something? Senator 35. So... I'll get into this. I was actually, I interviewed for Cory Booker, the senator of New Jersey, okay. um, in his Newark office, but the position was for in D.C. to be one of his staff assistants. It's a great honor. There's only two senators per state. Yeah. Cory Booker's might, that time, oh, what if he runs for president? Yeah, you know? yeah. I was Booker like, if I'm, I'm with him, wow, yeah. I'm going to go to D.C. You know, <laughs> I thought about all that. Somewhere. Who knows, right? Yeah. Or like something like that. So I thought about it. And then, you know, D.C., you've been around one apartment, one bedroom is like 2,000. Yeah. If I'm making thirty five thousand after taxes, you know what it is. But see, you know, but, that's but, the thing. But that's, that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of yeah. a lot of those jobs have to be taken by already rich, already affluent Thank people, you. right? Because and I've seen that you can't afford that, right? Like it's not it's not feasible for right. you. Like you just said, right? It's not feasible for me to pay two k when I'm on a thirty k salary. Yeah. Unless I have family money backing me. Thank you. And I'm living some off something. So I met some of those kids, and those kids they're not paying for their apartment. And they're not paying. They're going out on weekends. They're having fun. They're it's not, like all profit. They're, they're yeah. not doing it for the thirty-five k. Yeah, they're doing it for their resume and for to go up. Yeah, people network and then they're gonna run because their grandfather was a senator or their uncle was a governor, and that's how they move up. And it's not like I have to kiss ass. See, that's you know? a big barrier. No, no, no. Yeah. That's a huge. I think we just like you know what I mean. Yeah. I doubt we're the first ones to say, but I think that it is a huge barrier, right? Yeah. That's also probably a big explanation as to why most senators are wealthy, right? Mm-hmm. Because they have money from something else, right? Before, right? right? Cuz you only see two types of senators, right? right? A, they're already family rich and then they ran, right. or B, they became rich through whatever right. and then they were able to run, right? Cause if <laughs> yeah, cuz you're not making enough money as yeah. a senator, right, for your skill set to be worth it, right? Right. Uh, it's it, it's tricky. So like now that you've exited the political space, right? Do you see or do you foresee like North Jersey politics changing a little bit? Like, are you seeing the shift? I know you talked about people running for that chair, but like, what can, let's say like, what can we do, right? Like outside of getting people to run, right? Is that really it or? I've seen um, diversity. I've seen a lot more people of color running different cultures, religions. And I don't know if. The whole 2016 presidential election fired them up with Trump yeah. getting the nomination and then winning. But a lot of pe- more people are speaking up now. I mean, with everything going on in yeah. 2020, but like just with the pandemic and the rallies and protests and everything going on. I mean, I feel like more people 
are like they can't they don't they they're not afraid anymore to run or speak up even and i these protests are great and all and everything but the number one thing is as simple as the sound is people need to vote oh. and there was 40% of people that didn't vote that yeah. were registered last last time yeah yeah, yeah. And, and registered, registered. is even smaller and i have friends yeah. i have friends in the desi community and all communities are like oh jersey's always blue. a blue state yep. Why the heck am I gonna vote? It's yeah. gonna go, it's gonna go to Hillary. It's gonna go to Obama. It's gonna go to a Biden. They're like, I'm not gonna go vote. Yeah. I'm not gonna get up. And it takes you two minutes. But one day that's gonna add up and make a difference. And the guy you thought was gonna win, or the lady you thought was gonna win, is gonna lose. And we've seen that, yeah. right? We've seen that, right? In close um, elections, right? Like close elections, right? Or upsets, like very big upsets, like AOC when she ran upset, right? Upset. Um, it's funny. I was just uh, <laughs> I went out to for drinks yesterday, right? And I didn't realize that uh, yesterday was the last day of the RNC. RNC. Um, so I get there and I I get there and I see somebody in a Make America Great hat again, and I'm just thinking, oh, okay, maybe whatever. <laughs> and then I start seeing like two more people with like I'm just like, all right, like, that's a coincidence. How many Trump supporters do you see in one place that often? Then I realized they're having like a watching party at this like restaurant that I'm at, right? Oh god! And it, this is w- going into my question for you: What is your take? Because sitting there, because I used to think like, oh, like how can you not see the absurdity of this, right? Of this character. But then like being there and listening to them talk about him and like their speeches, I was like, oh, y'all really believe this, right? It's not just like, because it's really simple to, for us to just be like, you're racist, right? But no, 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 there's like, they have people of color there, right? They have, like, and they're the ones speaking. And I'm like, oh, y'all really believe this? Yeah. So, like, what is your view on that? Like, what is your view on this current uh, election coming up? Like, we winning? Like, who's winning? <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to tell because who we thought was going to win in 2016 got 3 million more votes yeah. <laughs> but didn't get more electoral votes, right? Yeah. And so it's like, what do we see? We're around people. I guess we surround ourselves with people that are like us. Hang out We're in a us. bubble. You went to this restaurant. If you didn't go, you wouldn't have seen these people. Absolutely not. And you were there for different reasons, obviously, yeah. and you ran into them. So you do see it. Now, if I drive through neighborhoods now, I'll see a, a Trump sign 2020. I'll see that. Yeah. And sometimes I'm like, wait. In Clifton, in Patterson, in Northeast, yeah, U.S. Yeah, and then I was I caught some of the RNC because you know flipping and obviously the games got all postponed yeah, yeah. because the strike and everything. So I know sports and I'm like, all right, let me put it on CNN. And a lot of people they're showing up were of color, yeah. African American, Hispanic, um, different like they were showing more colored people than wh- yeah. white people to be honest. And maybe they're the few that, that yeah. there is it, but. Th- it's a mix. It's a mixed crowd. Now, my take now is it's like majority of America, you know, we were blindsided in 2016. And if 40% didn't vote, I feel like as much as they say, oh, we need to go out and vote for Biden or whatever, their group can say, hey, we had a, this much percentage that didn't vote. I'm not going to say just white people, but Trump supporters. They might come out and vote. Then what? So it's like there's a lot of people that didn't vote on both sides. And there's still undecided people because now people are saying, 
who do I choose? Which lesser of two of evils? Two evils yeah. And that's what I've heard the past year. Lesser of two evils. And everyone's like, you had four years to come up with a candidate. And this is, you know, for yeah. a lot of people's opinion. And they're like, we could have done better. We could have done better. Regardless. Can, right. can, can you walk somebody through the nomination process? I think that's something that a lot of people don't fully understand, right? Um, like, how is that? Because I think people just think like, oh, like he's got more votes, right? right. Which we know isn't the case, right? There's right. a whole, you know, caucuses and things like that There's, of how you get in there, right? Right. So, like, can, can you kind of, like, walk through, like, what is that nomination process for, like, within the party? So, like you said, caucus, that starts in Iowa. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people are like, even, what's that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, a lot of people don't get it. They're like, oh, is that a pri- just election? Vote? Yeah. It's actually representative delegates. That they have of each state. So it depends on the size of the state. You know how we have electorals? Yeah. So like California has the most, I think 50 something. And then like some state like New Hampshire, Rhode Island could have four or five. Yep. So it depends on that. And there's candidates, like you'll see it starts off with like 15, 17 yep. candidates. Uh, no, no, I'm talking about candidates. Oh, okay. Like yep. there was like 15 candidates yep, in the beginning, yep, yep, right? Yep. But then it went down to like 12. Yeah. You know what they see? They see some, some are not funded well. Okay. So you need funds. Believe it or not, even Donald Trump, as rich as he is, he has to a campaign yeah. which people are donating millions of dollars, which he uses. Yeah. Of course, you could use your money, but you want it. You want that support because those big like companies and CEOs are supporting you. You need that. So when a lot of candidates are not getting that, they'll automatically drop out. So by elimination, they're dropping. Now, when it gets to that, you know, what happens to those delegates of the people those, who drop? Though, then they move to another candidate. Okay. They'll go on to say whoever's available. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. They'll they'll move on to another candidate. So if it's like just Bi- Biden and Sanders and like say Kamala Harris at that time, so they'll leave whoever dropped out and they'll move on to them. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Like so that's what they do. And basically, I think the number one thing is funding. Mm-hmm. A lot of people drop because they don't have enough funds, and to hold campaign rallies, to hold events. To hold different, you know, events like they have concerts and obviously with pandemic right now, the biggest thing is Biden's been home. He hasn't campaigned at all. Yeah. And that's what Hillary, what I think why she lost was because she stopped. She thought she had it. Yeah. In the the bag. bag. In the bag. And she didn't. And one thing I give Trump, he was campaigning like crazy the last few weeks. If you look, if anyone looks it up, he was in three, four states a day. Whatever he was saying, it worked for him. Do you, you know? do you think the like I, I get what you're talking about yeah. like, about fundraising right? right so like the counter example to that right now and there's not that many there's right. probably only one is AOC right mm-hmm. she took all grassroots money right to get to her spot do you think that's redoable like she did it once right she's doing it again for this election cycle right is it doable for other candidates right or is AOC just like a one-off in that sense I honestly think it's doable, but the fire she had, yeah, that's like a god gift talent. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you she did not care how many critics she had more critics than anything. Yeah, you know, there's a documentary on her on Netflix. Like, I was watching it, and like, basically, they're like, "Oh, you're just a bartender," <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's living, you live in a one bedroom, two bedroom, you know, yeah. small apartment in Queens, which is crazy that they criticize because like they still do. <laughs> that's like the average American. They still do. She was working. While she was campaigning. Yeah. She even had work, I think, like, that day, her main last party was at that bar. It's crazy <laughs> that you can be elitist to the people that are representing us and then the American general population right. is the bartender with the one-bedroom apartment, right? Like, so she could the average American? 
Anyone can, but you gotta have that fire and desire, and that's everything, man. You gotta have fire, desire, and you you have to cut out these critics in politics. What I saw is more than shaking hands and kissing babies and all that. You will have critics. Everyone yeah. will not like you ever, but you have to work around it, and you have to show that you'll be there for them. Well, you know, you, you know, it's crazy. That's also another point as yeah. to maybe why we see less immigrant children in those political positions is that the political, I don't even know what to call it. The political election process is so brutal on people's personal lives. And <laughs> I don't, and like, here's the thing, like a lot of people that like, if you like, usually for a lot of these like senators, right. Mm-hmm. Their parents told them like, yo, you're going to be a senator, Right. For us, like we're just like, yo, I'm just trying to stack some bread and retire my dad, right? <laughs> like it's different, right? right? So, but I think once a lot of us realize, like, hey, I want to go into politics, right? You realize, like, oh shit, like I don't have, I don't have, I don't have the background for this, right? Um, it's funny, like I, I was telling, uh, I was talking about it with one of my friends. Mm-hmm. I, used to, like I said, I was like really into politics for a bit, um, and like recently, I thought about. So I interviewed for a board of ed open spot. Right. And I, I didn't end up getting it. I did it as like a freshman in college. Right. Trying to run the board of ed. Um, <laughs> but then uh, when the slot opened up again, I thought about running. Right. But then I was like, huh, do I have the background to be on the board of ed? Right. Not saying like there's anything crazy. Right. right. But just like I'm a regular dude. Right. Like I'm right. tweeting fucking bullshit on Twitter all the time. Right. And I think for a lot of immigrant kids, like you have you will run into that blockade yeah. right of like yo like what is in my what is in my tweet bag right I'm like i don't fucking know i'd be tweeting some drake lyrics like but things like that are barriers like you know right because right. they will come up like they aoc had a very clean background and yet they found things to poke at yeah. right um there's this one picture i'm pretty sure it's fake but it's been circulated like all the time did i tell you how i tweeted uh I, this was like the most <laughs> no you didn't tell me <laughs> i tweeted um i tweeted something during when uh aoc's primary was going on right and she won right mm-hmm. and i tweeted something and i was like haha like at everybody who thought aoc was gonna get the fuck out of here right or yeah well, you guys thought you guys were gonna get aoc yeah. and there's just twitter trolls all the time if you tweet anything political the trolls will find you yeah so then i see like bob 37 37 starting tweeting at me right and it's crazy. They all circulate this one picture of AOC. Do you know what picture I'm talking about? I actually don't. It's like, I, it's uh, definite. I think it's fake. Like, I okay. haven't looked it up. It's like this picture of, like, someone who looks like AOC, like, partying. Right? Like, typical, like, college party shit, yeah, right? Yeah. I don't think it's AOC, right? Um, I'm sure we can look it up and figure yeah. out if it's real. But it's crazy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they will find something. Oh, it doesn't. No one's... Listen, no one's perfect in this world, right? Yeah. And they will always find something. But when you're going to get into this, it's not just you. Say you don't even have a good relationship with your parents, yep. your siblings. Yep. It don't matter. They will find them. Yeah. They could be in Bangladesh. They could be in California. They could be wherever. They will find them. They'll, if your dad ever got, I don't know, went to jail. Your yeah. mom ever stole something. Your sister ever got in trouble. It will come up. Oh, his sister has a DUI. <laughs> It'll come is up. there like a team? You know? Like, you know how like House of Cards displays it? Is that actually how this shit goes down? Like, is there like really teams looking for shit like that? Yes. Really? Yes. And that's part of the game. And I, I mean, without getting into anyone's personal, like, I mean, not that I know anything. Yeah. 
that's that's just the leverage to get one up, one up, right? Yeah. Say you're winning right now. You're running an election and you're winning. And if I could find something that you did maybe eight years ago, you tweeted something ten years ago. Yeah. I don't know. Anything. Yeah. Anything yeah. immature. Anything. Why not just resurface it? Why not kill a few votes? Why not have a few votes come yeah. this way, right? It's like compounding, just like small little, That's, like small little rocks. You don't know how everyone feels. Voters, just because that little tweet could vote for the other candidate. Yeah. And I've seen that happen just over that. Like, do you think that's changing in politics in, in American politics right now? Because I think what the internet really did in that sense is that, like, you really because kind of like you were saying, everyone has something, mm-hmm. right? Even if you're the cleanest cut motherfucker, right? You have something, right? Yeah. So, don't you think the internet kind of exposed like, yo, none of these candidates are perfect, right? right. Don't you think that works in the benefit of, I guess, like discourse? That one dark is okay. Yeah, okay, okay. Sorry. Um, it's still. I don't think it changed in that facet too much. Really? I still think, you know, people. I feel like most of the people already have their mindset who they're gonna vote for. Yeah. To be honest, and some people just go red and blue. Yeah. That's it, right? And then there's those undecided voters who I think still know who they're gonna vote for, but they're like, oh, let me hear what this person's gonna say. Let's have, yeah. you know, let me wait for this second debate or this third debate, then I'll decide. No, 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 they already know. Yeah. And they already know which way they're leaning towards, but you, I think, you know? It's so difficult with but, undecided. I don't think that's true, right? Because I, I consider myself an undecided. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, if it comes down to election day and I haven't done enough research, I just know I'm rocking with one way or the other, right? Right. Like, I'm just voting down party line at that point, right? right. Even though I'm undecided, <laughs> right? Like, I like to think I'm discourse, but if I don't have enough information, right. I'm usually just leaning to the left, right? right. Um, exactly. And that's what happened when um, I had a friend who didn't like Bob Menendez, <laughs> you yeah. know, wasn't a big fan. But I think that's a lot of people. <laughs> and, but they were like, am I going to give another centered vote to Trump? So let me vote for Bob Menendez. He's blue. You know, he's Democrat. So they were like, lesser of two evils. There you go again. But then and it goes into, don't you think that's just a byproduct of having two parties? Like, just that system? So it doesn't even matter. You know, and, and it's like, you know, Trump won with the Republican Party because he saw an easier route to the White House. For yeah, him. 100%. He was hanging out. He was at the Clintons, uh, I think, was it their wedding? Or no, Clintons were invited to his, his wedding. Yeah, they're boys. There were, there's pictures of them drinking and hanging out in New York. But what's easier for him? He knows the crowd he needed, the votes he needed. It was over there. That's all he goes for. Why? Everything he says, it's for his voters, not for anyone else, right? And he's going to say, give me four more years. I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to ban Muslim countries. I'm going to put more borders up. I'm going to delay immigration. I'm going to, you know, we created ICE. We're going to deport more people. And those voters, he does it for those people, people that voted for him, that don't like immigrants, who don't want, they think we're taking their jobs away, you know? And that's who who he's trying to cater that's all. And that's why he did Republican. So like you said, yeah. does it matter what party? I don't know. But like like you said, you're like, oh, if I had to, oh, I'll go left. No. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? It, it, it's, it's tricky. Yeah. Um, I think like just like my take on it is like this two-party thing is has to lead to that, right? Right. Because you're marginalizing people into both sides of the spectrum. I think what, my personal opinion is that most people do lie somewhere in the middle. But because you're isolated if you are in the middle. Right. You just have to go swing one way, right? Because then you're being hated from both sides. You're like, all right, if I rock one, if I rock one way, at least only one side of the aisle is hating me, right? right? But if I rock in the middle, everybody's hating me, right? And that's uh, what happens. I'm sorry, uh, you have a lot of candidates that don't even say Republicans that don't support Trump. Yeah, 
they're still rocking with him because they want in because you know like counts Congress people every two years. Yeah. He's gonna still be there, so they're like, I have to rock with him. Yeah. Because I need my votes. I need my red votes, meaning my Republican vote. Yep. Whether I like him or I hate him, it doesn't matter. And no matter what you say, like he still has swing in that party now, right? You right. don't want to get your funding cut off. I think that's what a lot of people need to understand right. when they they. This is like just a PSA for whoever's listening, right? Like to hate all Republicans is like tricky, right? Because mm-hmm. I get it, right? Like you don't morally understand trump right and that's yeah that's valid (laughs) but like i think of like a dan crenshaw right who's a representative of like texas right ex-military guy and he's on record saying like hey like i don't honestly really care what people do with their personal lives right but i am a proponent of funding the military because i was in there and i know that we need this right so that's like his main like thing right and he's a Trump supporter, right? And I'm just like, yeah, because he realizes that if he wants to get his shit accomplished, he needs to play ball. Because if he doesn't play ball, he's not coming back. There you go. He doesn't get to yeah. sit at the table next time, right? There you go. Um, it's tricky. I like, that's why, like, I, I'm glad we're having this conversation, but that's why I just kind of felt disillusioned, like, felt disillusioned with politics. Because you start, like, seeing some of these things and you're like, holy shit. Well, look at what happened recently now. You know, I work for the Democrat and, like, you know, I always usually go blue yeah, voting-wise. Yeah. But there's some things that I might agree with them on, depending on, for example, you know, these stimulus checks yeah. came in. A lot of people, you know, we have family members who have... Everyone has different salary jobs. Everyone, some people yeah. make more than others, whatever the case is. But, okay, they gave the 1200 Everyone, that's good. And then there was people getting six hundred each. Mm-hmm. Now there's people that are making three hundred a week, two fifty a week, yeah. only working at Dunkin' Donuts or McDonald's or Wendy's, whatever it is. They're getting six hundred plus their unemployment, which is a thousand, like nine fifty yeah, thousand. Yeah. Mind you, they used to only make three hundred a week. Yeah, yeah, I know. Some of my I family members were making more money than me, Thank not you. working. <laughs> no, no, no I get it. So, and in that aspect, I agreed with the Republicans. I, I get it because why not maybe give them what they're making? If they're making 300, they get 300. Yeah. Why give them the 600? Maybe give that to someone that needs it more. Well, you, you realize know? what, like, my thing, right. that's definitely because of, like, the amount of work that, that would take. And, you know, right. we're just lazy and, like, just, because <laughs> they're like, yo, 1200 flat just sounds good and right. just fucking send it out, right? Send it out. But to actually go through the work of saying, like, oh, like, this is your Who bracket. do you separate, right? Yeah. Who do you get? Oh, this guy makes a little more, a little less. Okay. Yeah. They get some do. middle class, they just send it out. But you, you get what I'm saying? And, like, I work the whole time, like, I work from home yeah. mainly. Yeah, 100%. So, 100%. So, I, it wasn't no difference for me before the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> so it was 100%. So I kept working. I didn't have yeah. no days off, regular, everything. Me, I think Ray as well, uh, my sister, you know. Yeah. We all worked from home, so we didn't collect at all. I didn't apply, yeah. nothing like that. But then there's people that I know of, and which I did, I'm paying taxes. You know, it's coming out of my pocket. I'm paying taxes fully, and there's family members making more than you yeah. and me. <laughs> and, but you know what it is? It's like. And I was going in. Yeah. Which I was peeved about, right? <laughs> I was like, wow, I'm going in right now. Yeah. Like, risk Risking the COVID, all of that. Family, yeah. Risk the COVID, all of that. And y'all making more than me just chilling? Yeah. I, yo, I was like, yo, if there was a way for me to quit for like two months and then come back, I would do it. <laughs> yeah. like, but you see, for us, we care, we're we not thinking about money. We're thinking about career. Yeah, like, that's why. Like, because in six months, when these... I'm not calling anyone's family yeah. members out or <laughs> friends. Or if... I'm sorry if anyone's hurt by this, but... Yeah. They, I knew people that could go back to work. 
and that did it. <laughs> oh, 100%. I mean, why would you, right? You have a and, and I get that. I if you're later that. in your career and you're, there's no advancement for you, right. th- there's no incentive right. for you but to do that. But then there's younger crowds, like, you know, like, what about six months later when you don't have a job? And then you're like, yeah. oh, man, I don't have a job and I'm not getting that 600 anymore, which stopped now. Uh, you know, I know they're still fighting it on the Hill, but since August 1st, no one's got the check. Yeah. They're only getting their unemployment, which is whatever, 300, 350, whatever. And... A lot of my friends then did go back to work, which I understand, like you said, but like, th- that's just one thing, like, I I was kind of going with the Republicans in that aspect, because I get that, because I, I pay taxes, like, hella taxes, yeah. we all do, because we're single, it's yeah. coming out, we have no dependents, you know, so I was like, damn, man, and then I was like, alright, maybe give them a little less, but that's just from seeing it from my eyes, yeah. you know, so, like you said, I could, yeah, vote left, but there's some things, like, you know, I will... I'm undecided about, and I would support the yeah. right as well. So, shit, I didn't realize you were thirty or thirty-one. Oh, man, you bring it up again. <laughs> no, 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 no. You get in those. You get in those stairs. Huh? You get in those marriage stairs. Oh my god, where do we begin? Um, no, well, That's insane. <laughs> you, get, you definitely get in marriage stairs. I'm starting to get marriage stairs. I'm like, what, twenty-three? Why they're talking to your mom at no, these no, events? No, nobody talks. <laughs> listen, nobody talks to my parents about that, yeah. right? But like you know, you know people, that, maybe your grandma's bugging you. No, no, no. People joke. <laughs> yeah, of course. Like you know, people joke, right? Because like I'm sure you've like probably faced it for years now, yeah. right? As soon as you're, if you're a brown dude and you have a decent job, right? Because that's like in the brown community, that's yeah. rare. Period, right? <laughs> if you have a decent job and you're like set, like they're like yo, they're looking What's at you next? like, What's what next? are you waiting for, yeah. right? Because like obviously they don't understand that like goals, right. all of that shit, yeah. right? <laughs> But, like, shit, I'm getting stairs. So you dumb again, stairs. Well, getting into that, I mean, my parents, I'm lucky. I'm very fortunate. My parents, you met my parents. Yeah. They're very open-minded. Super my dad's chill. Yep. chill. I'm blessed with that. dad is probably the chillest dude ever. <laughs> yep. Thank you. So, he's very open-minded. And they always told me, when you like someone, let us know. Yeah. You know, and I'm lucky and fortunate with that because I have uncles and aunts who are not, don't see it the same way. Now, I'll get into a little. My parents didn't have the traditional arranged marriage. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Really? Okay. So, my dad is one of, like, raised dad, my yeah. dad brothers. So, they're one of 11. Yep. So, my dad's one of 11. They have 11 siblings, whatever. Shit. 11. Whole soccer team. Whole football team, you know? Fuck. Six brothers, five yeah. sisters. And that's um, like one of nine, and I thought that was a lot. <laughs> yeah, 11. Um... Yeah, God bless my grandparents. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. God, I mean, back then, yeah. like, you really had nothing else to do right. except procreate, right? Exactly. Like, like, you just making kids. <laughs> so, my parents, you know, my dad's in, from Silet, and, yeah. and my mom's from Dhaka, you know, yeah. different. But they both grew up in Dhaka, whatever. But uh, my parents had, you know, they had a love marriage, yep. and which is not... Yeah, very to, rare uh, for that so generation. my parents, you know... I, I have a sister too. She's older. She's not mm-hmm. married a, a, as well yet. And like, um, my parents are always open-minded about it. They're like, you know, when you like someone, we want you to be with that person. You know, like the one, it's the rest of your life. You're going to be with that person. And if you like someone, let us know. And you know, like, I don't know if this is the usual, but like, even if I'm dating someone, I went to my parents. I tell my parents right away or my, or my sister. And what's that process like? <laughs> I th- I, I've been thinking about that, right? Because yeah. you've you probably have you've dated Bengali girls, right? Right. So I haven't, right? <laughs> but I've thought about that, right? Because yeah. I like to think my parents are chill, right? But you don't know until They're you go lovely. ahead and do yeah, it, your right? Your parents are lovely, man. No? Yeah, you don't know until you yeah. do it, right? Yeah. So like, you usually be like, "Hey, this is my girl." <laughs> yeah, I break it in, and um, I mean, usually they figure it out. Parents are smarter than we Very. think. But I, I've gone with the notion of just lying. <laughs> and they'll know when you're lying. Yeah. Your too. But, uh, yeah, we, they, 
they're smarter than we give them credit. hundred percent. So they'll figure it out and then they'll start asking like Ishra, you know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> or they'll start yeah. asking my sister. They're like, hey, mom's asking me that, like, why are you late? Why are you on the phone like in the garage? You know, like you know, they'll they'll say different things. They still notice some things, they'll see you smiling at the phone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. But like in terms of Bengali girl, I mean, wouldn't they be happy? Yeah. She's Bengali. Check. She's, you know, they don't have to worry about that whole notion of different culture, different background. Now, they're like, oh, at least she's not Spanish or African-American. Not that there's nothing wrong with them. I have family who've got married to to different But the traditional Bengali outlook on that. So they're like, oh, at least she's not. Whatever. Or at least, hey, my son's not gay. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, I look at the positives and like, dude, I'm at that age now where... Yeah. Wouldn't they be happy if I told them I like someone? Let's move forward. You know? You think, you think, um... You think arranged marriages die this generation? Like, I don't see a world... To a sense. Well, in this country, right? Like, mm-hmm. obviously, if you're still in BD, you're probably still rocking like that, right? Right. But I don't see a world where our generation continues that trend, right? Like, I can, even if... Let's say, like, even if I accepted mm-hmm. an arranged marriage, I don't foresee a world where I could do that for my kid. But I have a, like, I have a question for you. What if your parents brought you a girl who you got to know? And maybe you dated her for like a year. I'm like, weird. I'm weird. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm okay, weird. Yeah. I'm weird. Like I don't. I don't like that concept of being matchmaker in the middle. Yeah, because then I know like it, it feels a little artificial, right? Which yeah. it shouldn't, right? Because it's the equivalent of like one of your friends maybe saying, "Hey, Rome, this girl is great for you," right? It's essentially the same thing, but just like the stigma around, like, yo, like my parents hooked it up. Like I don't know. So I'll get into it. I uh, actually recently. Like, got a proposal from a different yeah. guy, and uh, the girl was from Texas, and basically they were like, okay. I was like, yeah, I'll talk to her, I'll text her, whatever. Okay. But when I started talking to her, she's cool and all, but she was like, you know, if my family likes you, I'll marry you. And this is a girl from Texas. Texas, but she's from Bangladesh. She, okay. She just came here a few years ago, whatever it is. You met her or No, just we texted? just talked. Text, we just FaceTime, talked, texted, whatever. texted, not even FaceTime. Okay. Texted, but we had her number, like, you know, yeah. on Instagram, whatever, in number. But that's that's just an example of, I just don't, that's going back to the range thing. It feels like, oh, so I could be blind. I could be, I could look like whatever. But if your parents like me or your guard, guardians, like they like me, okay, that's it. You're just going to marry me. But I want you to like me. Like, tell me what your hobbies are. Tell me what you like to eat, what you well, like to do. And I think that's different, right? Because if that girl was raised here and she accepted an emergency right. marriage, I think there's a certain level of standard, right? Because right. like y- girls that are coming from BD, like they were like, I was having this conversation earlier with a friend, right? Mm-hmm. They've been conditioned from there to say like your entire purpose is to get married right like our entire family's banking on that that right so they don't even give a fuck right because it's not their own volition or their own decision you know what the main thing is compatibility and compatibility it's like putting a iphone charge on a galaxy phone it's like an effort work yeah yeah, much as you push it through so i've dated girls that came from bangladesh that lived here three four years they grew up in dhaka yeah listen american music probably listen to more american music than i'm really into the bollywood scene you know that punjabi music all that and like they watch movies they went to school their whole life in english you know like they learned everything in language of english but still like you said their way is okay that's it it's just get married and, then that's, and that's fine that's for them but not for me and i learned that way so i've seen the you know both sides well it's yeah. funny that you kind of get into that right because yeah. i think that still exists even with uh bengali girls that were raised here right. but raised under maybe not as 
culturally refined parents as we have, right? right? Because there's still there's some Bengali girls that are still like under the thumb of their parents, unfortunately, right? 100%. Like that's like me and you are lucky, right? Like we're blessed. We're like blessed. Our families, our extended families, very open minded. Very compared to that, yeah. yeah. Compared to the Them. typical, yeah. right? Right. But there are those Bengali families that still instill that upon their daughters, right? Mm-hmm. Even in the U.S., right? You see that a lot, like. Oh, like you're going to school, sure, whatever, I'll pay for it. But it's more like a luxury than, oh, you should actually go to school, right? right? They're not banking on you actually, like, you know, becoming a millionaire or whatever, retiring them. And, like, why are you marrying me? Is it for your green card? Or is it, like, you know what I mean? Like, a is lot that, of is that an actual point of stress for you? What? Like, that, like, hey, like, why are you actually marrying me? Well, like you start getting into that. Those my, my main thing is, if I'm gonna marry you, I want to first date you. I want to get to know okay. you. And that's going back to the question I asked you, actually. And I'm rephrasing. I'm thinking. I'm like asking myself that now. It's like, would I do an arranged marriage? Because it's like, it's like, okay, you're like a girl comes from there, and they're just looking to find the best available candidate for them, and they want to settle yeah. right away. But I want someone who's grew up here, who knows what life is like here, who has similar interests. Who maybe likes the same foods I do or, yeah. you know, would understand what life is like growing up here, the struggles yeah. and the, you know, jobs I had. And it, stuff. You know what I mean? It, like, it's definitely like something that you can't explain or teach, right? Like, no. I, like I have I have cousins who like 100% fluent English, right? They're one of like when we all get together, it's whatever, right? Yeah. It's amazing, right? Mm-hmm. But they'll never understand certain cultural things that like we lived through mm-hmm. that like we can't just explain to you right like i can't explain to you how it felt when like 50 cent came out for the first time mm-hmm. right like it's a feeling right uh, i can't explain to you how it felt like when obama got elected and i was in school mm-hmm. right and like sitting and watching it with my like social studies class right right it's a feeling right you cannot explain that yeah and and that's the yeah. I, I get what you mean right because like because now in bd right English is taught almost universally, right? Mm-hmm. If, and so many people are like educated now. Yeah. It wasn't back when our parents grew up and like, right. there's a few select people that were being right. educated. Everyone's educated now in BC, right? right? right. Um, but it's just that little cultural gap that is intangible and you can't even yeah. do anything to bridge it, right? Right. Uh, so hopefully, what, what, what do you think happens uh, first? We get a Bengali senator... Or you get married. <laughs> Hopefully this election cycle, right? Or two years? You're trying to get me, get me married right now? <laughs> no, no, two years, right? Next cycle, right? There's going to be seats up. we got to get a Bengali in. Or you could do both. Uh, you can see. time it up. Let's see. Let's see. I, I did think about running before in, like, my city or, like, you know. What township are you actually right now? Clifton. I'm in Clifton, New Jersey. You could do it. Yeah, and it's very diverse. We have a a good friend of mine. He's a Palestinian. He's on the Clifton Board of Ed commissioner, and uh, he used to work at the congressman's office yeah. with me. And uh, so make the run, make <laughs> we'll the see. run. You know, I, I do have other plans and other things. And like like I said, all politicians have another job. You know that, right? Yeah. Like they because like you said, the salary is not enough to run a whole family. <laughs> well, how much time commitment do you think that is? Like being a councilman or something like that. I mean, you, you have your weekly meetings, you have your different events, yeah. and I mean, there's no days off, obviously. It's because just, every weekend there's events, right? Yeah. But you know that when you're going to get in, and you're under the constant scrutiny of what, everything you do, which is part of the job, and I get it, part of the title. But the thing is, it's like, how much, how bad do you want it, right? Yeah. Are you running for the right reasons? And that's what we have to ask ourselves. Are these politicians who are putting in office, 
what they promise us this that this that but is what, it power is it it's just what is it for it, well you know like why are you <laughs> that's why it's difficult right because it can't be for money it, it could be for love of service but how much do you really love service right it's a very small group or you're just a power hungry person right yeah. Like, I could say that for myself a little bit, right? Yeah. Like, I think a lot of things that were appealing to me about politics was just running shit, right? I just, and that's what I realized yeah. about myself, right? I was like, I, I really don't love this political, like, public service thing. I'm just a fan of owning and controlling things, right? Um, whether it's in business or in politics, right? So I was like, oh, that's, that makes sense, right? I wouldn't have been a good politician. And same thing with me. Like, my thing was, okay, well, if I do it, to help the community, to help the people. But I could do that in different ways. I don't just have to run through an election. I could, you know, start, you know, charities. I could do different fundraisers. I could do different events. But I, I do think out. you should use the knowledge that you have. Yeah. To Even if you don't want to do it, I think you should push somebody up there. Yeah. Whether it's somebody from our generation, a little bit younger than us, right? Like groom them. I think it's important. Even if we, it's not for us. No. Somebody should be there. Yeah. And, you know, like I said in the beginning, it's like, main thing is, I'm only successful if everyone around me is successful. Absolutely. And, you know, that's 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 how I always saw life. Like, even if my little cousin or my little brother is doing better than me, I'm winning. Because yeah. I feel like it's not a competition. It's a team. At the end of the day, it's a team. And... You know, dream work is dream work. That, that's what I think Bengalis need to really yeah. analyze about their mentality because I think we have the fact that we're a unit, but we got to understand that, like, even because I think Bengalis do look at things like that, right? That right. we are a team, right? Any any win for us is a win, right? I hope so. Yeah. I think within families, it's true, right? Yeah. But I think it needs to be the mentality of, hey, like, if this person wins, I'm also technically winning, right? Uh, I think we care a lot for each other, but if somebody wins, we're looking at that as RL. Right. And not to criticize our parents' generation, yeah. but I feel like in our generation, we're going to get a lot more of that. And I'm hopeful that we're going to see a lot more teamwork, a lot more unity, and a lot more having each other's back. Well, you understand like why yeah. that is, right? Like We have more opportunity that it doesn't matter if you have a job and I... Like, like, right. like we're not even com- competing there, on the same... No we're not playing the same sport. I make this much, you make yeah. that much, you know? <laughs> we're not playing the same sport, right. but we're, when... They came here, there's a limited amount of jobs, limited amount of opportunities. So you're looking at them like, oh, they're going to get that house before us, right? Like they're going to get their whatever, right? Yeah. Whatever the goal was at that time. Um, cool. Thank you for doing this, Sean. Yeah, man. Thank I you for having I, me. I had a good time. Yeah, yeah. me too, man. Like, I th- like you you get nervous? Like I always ask my guys like – This like, is my first ever podcast. Like, that's Ray, what I'm saying. Ray's right? was first up. And, uh, you guys did great for it being a case. Dude, and Ray, you know how private he is. Yeah. yeah. I'm more out there talking and stuff. I'm always talking. But like for Ray – and I just texted him. I'm like, any advice? You know what I mean? <laughs> He's like, don't even think the camera's there. No. Just think like two brothers talking. And Yeah. And no, and you yeah. and like credit to you guys. You guys did both. Like it, it didn't feel weird, right? Because yeah, sometimes you got to like make them feel good. Nah, it was good. Next time we have to charge someone <laughs> for the next podcast. <laughs> I really appreciate it and good All luck right, with everything, man. Thank you, brother. Yeah, Thank man. you again. Appreciate it. Thanks. Peace.